everybody welcome to the first episode of my boyfriend's record collection my name's jason uh i'm the boyfriend from the title i just want to do a couple housekeeping things before we jump into uh the first episode number one i say the wrong uh instagram and twitter handle it is not mbfrc pod it is mbf records pod for both twitter and instagram i know that's a mouthful and annoying but it's what we have to work with uh, also, I know that the audio isn't great, especially in the first half. It does get better, and it's going to be better on episode two that we're recording right now. Um, just bear with us. We're, we're doing on-the-job training right now. Uh, but other than that, uh, enjoy the episode, uh, the first episode, Opeth Watershed. It's a JPEG. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda, and this is my boyfriend, Jason. Uh, hey, I'm the boyfriend, like in the title. <laughs> Join <laughs> us on this adventure through his record collection as we go week by week through a randomly generated poll off of Discogs from My Boyfriend's Record Collection. What are we listening to this weekend, Jason? Today we are listening to uh, the ninth studio album, from progressive death metal legends opeth we're doing watershed it was released may 19th 2008 on roadrunner records uh it is labeled on wikipedia as progressive rock progressive metal and death metal uh yeah so first things first what's the difference between like progressive metal and death metal to you as a metal enthusiast well progressive metal usually has um a much more a stronger focus on like concept and uh it's also they usually have usually characterized by long songs that don't repeat parts or have like a very specific uh structure which definitely describes this album as outside of the intro song Almost every song is every song is over seven minutes long. <laughs> I do love me some songs that are over seven minutes long, if you know right. what I mean. Uh, when we were talking about it, you had mentioned that this is kind of like a cutoff album for a lot of like diehard death metal fans that aren't as into prog metal. So what's the deal with that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this is their ninth album. This is the last Opeth album that has any death metal on it. They've released four albums since then and they're all straight like 70s prog like emerson lake and palmer type stuff they completely shift after this album uh uh, and and become just a straight up like 70s prog homage um do you have any history with opeth or with this album at all so actually, yeah, I was just going to say, it's kind of interesting that this is our first poll because my experience with Opeth is Opeth is the band whose concerts we put on our TV in the living room during <laughs> Halloween parties. Yeah. So I kind of exclusively thought of them as more of a death metal band. So it was really right. interesting for me to hear this like prog year side. And I do agree. The album is very, it's giving cottage core, but metal, especially yeah. like on the title tra- or not on the title track, the initial first track mm-hmm. the, on coil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because uh, I started listening to Opeth. It was before this album came out. And a, a lot of these stories are going to start with, uh, I was on the slipknot message boards at four, <laughs> at 14. 
so I was on the Slipknot message boards at 14, and the reason I started listening to Opeth was because I saw a comment that said, uh, guys only like Opeth because girls like Opeth. And I was like, shit, I gotta fuck, I gotta check out this Opeth band. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because um, Opeth is one of those bands that kind of like I aspired to like. Right. When I was in my younger days, I definitely had more of a pop punk and emo ear. And so yeah. it wasn't my cup of tea back then because that was definitely the pre prog year days when they were just a straight up death metal band. But I did kind of aspire to be that girl that is that cool that could like yeah. listen to Opeth. And I guess I am now. So yay me. <laughs> Opeth always like appealed to that crap because they have the very like flowery gothic aesthetic uh their songs are very like poetic and sweet and like beautiful even in the death metal parts uh they use a lot of soft guitars um you know the the it's very like raw it's very overwritten a lot of the times they they kind of come off like 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 a heavier like hymn or a band like that that uses uh, the gothic aesthetic. Yeah, like very much so. Like him, I always imagine as like a mall goth. Like if they mm-hmm. were a goth aesthetic, you know, trip pants, trip corset, right. like really skinny eyebrows. But when I think of Opeth, I think of like a trad slash romantic goth. Yeah. Like more like almost gothic Lolita. Yeah. Like lots of lace and flowers and embellishments. And I'm not sure that right. this is what they <laughs> want to be associated with as a band, but it's what my brain yeah. is doing. So we're going with it. <laughs> imagine if people who liked the Smiths uh, also liked At The Game. and uh him ironically him was another band that i tried to get into in like high school because like every goth girl (laughs) had a like heartogram somewhere on their person at all times (laughs) i tried really hard to get into him as a teen but um the vibe was not there for me. Yeah. And I know that if my mother had caught me with like a heartogram piece of merchandise when I was 15, like I would probably be getting like an exorcism the next day. Well, maybe not an exorcism, but like <laughs> she would be making a call if you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> so the interesting thing about this album, uh, it was released to uh, like universal critical acclaim. It has a nine or an 82 on Metacritic. Uh, the Blabbermouth gave it a 9.5 Consequence of Sound gave it an A-, minus, 4 out of 5 from the New York Times the worst review is Pitchfork with a 7.5 which makes sense because this is also uh, 2008 I don't think Pitchfork wanted anything to do with progressive metal in 2008 um, uh, the, the most interesting one was on Metal Hammer's Critic Choice Top 50, Watershed was named the second best album of 2008 behind Metallica's Death Magnetic. <laughs> Which Whoa. is, it's, it's ah. such a Metal Hammer, like Metal Magazine thing to do to just put the Metallica album as the number one album. Right. Does, uh, it, does anyone remember any songs off that album ever? Uh, I remember the one that was in the Guitar Hero commercial. That's fair. <laughs> you now that might be like one of the three Metallica mm-hmm. songs I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Other notable things about this album. It is the first Opeth album to not technically be a concept album. Uh, it is the first album with to feature guitarist Frederick Ockerson. Uh, Ockerson. Uh, and drummer Martin Axenrot, which is interesting. I mean, Martin didn't stay in the band for very long, but Frederick has been in the band since then, and uh, like has has been like a really 
you know, iconic guitarist in Opeth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you say that they this is like their first non-concept album because generally when I think prog anything, I'm thinking a concept album. I'm thinking a right. Heat. I'm thinking a Rush. You know. Yeah. He he has said, um, that like while it's not uh, a concept album, it's kind of it like plays like a concept album, and that the the songs all kind of have the same mood to it, and um, much of the album is about like him uh, having his second child, uh, which. Any parent will recognize as the time when shit really gets real. We have no children yet, but I remember when I went from one cat to two cats, and it's an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so Ockerfeld said it has the flow of a concept record, and in a way, it's not a concept record, but in another way, it is. <laughs> We're just playing 4D chess here, as per usual. Yeah, so I'm not... I didn't pull a ton of Ockerfeld uh, interviews, because honestly, he is not that interesting. <laughs> in interview, Like, he's... He's an incredibly like smart and interesting person, but uh, his interviews aren't very funny, and uh, people don't ask him very funny questions. So <laughs> he really gets like the kind of conductor yeah. from the orchestra interview where it's all about the art and the highbrow. Right. Nobody asks, "What's your favorite meme been this year, dude?" Yeah, uh, he said the lyrics are about my own experiences this time around and how I've changed since becoming a dad. It has changed me completely. Like I got a new set of eyes. But it's not a fictional story like a generic concept record. It's not about a character. Before you become a dad, you never figure out how it's going to change you, but it does. It's the same with everyone I talk to who has kids. This new chamber of emotions opens up that you... What? <laughs> that opens up that you didn't really know existed before. Uh, good job, Blabbermouth, writing this sentence. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so... Do we want to uh, just jump? I think that's all of the preamble stuff. Yeah, let's just jump into some tracks. All right. The first song is Coil. She told me why. She told me why. All 
right. So right off the bat, first impressions for me, it's giving like 70s Renaissance fair in a way that I really, really like. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely, I think even the Pitchfork review points out that this is like the most Renaissance fair mm-hmm. song uh, they've done. And um, I remember listening to this as a kid. So with this album specifically, I got into Opeth. The first Opeth album I listened to was Still Life. And then I I liked it, but I remember not like really retaining much from it because I just kind of downloaded it from for free from some website. So this album came out and it was like a huge deal when it came out. And I remember listening to it uh, on the road trip to Florida uh, with my parents and like kind of immediate like putting this on and like immediately knowing this is the best album to kind of just lean back and relax on this road trip to um we didn't get to the duet part but this is actually a duet uh michael ockerfeld duets with natalie uh Lorix, who was dating drummer My- martin axenrot at the time is that like her only qualification or was like from what i can tell she does not have a wikipedia page because wow. <laughs> like she sounds like she's somebody she know? does she does i like when i was looking this up i was expecting this to like be the singer of Nightwish or something right like that was my first thought too and like the original singer i can't remember her name to save my life but like yeah. they wrote that song um bye bye beautiful about her and it was right. like the drama of the 2009 <laughs> year so yeah, like this is I, I I love this track. I think it's a perfect like mood setter for this album, um, and I think it also uh, we'll we'll talk a lot about different parts of this album that kind of foreshadow where Opeth was going after this. Uh, but I think for now we should just jump into the first proper track. Yeah, sounds good. Which is Air Apparent. <laughs>
now we're getting uh, now we're getting that that Opeth everyone loves here. Yeah, this is much more of what I was expecting coming into this album, having never listened to it like start to finish. Before. Yeah, this sounds like the Opeth that I'm more familiar with. Right, and yeah, this is. Uh, I think I think they still play this song live a good bit actually. Um, so yeah, coming off of Coil, you know this this really uh, uh, gets you right into like the classic Opeth sound. This is also like just a good. This song is honestly like a good introduction to like progressive death metal and like what it sounds like. Um, I've always loved that riff at the beginning. There's a really good guitar solo. Uh, and I'm going to skip to the end because I want to play this sick-ass riff that's at the end of the uh, song. Uh... Oh, wait, hold on. Let me skip a little bit further. This part. gets me every time a tasty tasty riff it's so good um yeah i mean i don't know there's almost not much to say about this song specifically it's just kind of a good opeth song yeah it's got your typical like opethy lyrics like for example pearls before swine they are nothing but blind submit to nothing and swallow my spit of scorn that's so fucking good <laughs> oh that's what i'm talking about absolutely death metal. <laughs> yeah this is this is about his kids <laughs> yeah which is interesting um given the context that this was written after the birth of his second child yeah <laughs> The last lyric of this song is, In the year of his sovereign, rid us of your judgment, heir apparent. Nice. What's your kid do to you, man? Right. <laughs> I know, like, parenting is hard, but, like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Maybe I'm not ready for kids, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess, yeah, let's uh, move right along into what I think is probably the heaviest song on the album uh the lo- the lotus eater Yeah. 
I, I, I have to stop this because <laughs> otherwise we'll just end up listening to the whole song. If it seemed like I was rushing through the first two tracks, it's because I really wanted to get to this song. I love the Lotus Eater. It's one of my favorite Opeth songs. It's so good, and it's, yeah. it's interesting because it is the heaviest song on the mm. album, but it's also the danciest. Yeah, it's weird. It, it, it has the most, like, catchy bits in it. It's just, like, hook after hook on that. Uh, and then I think it's the only song on the album that has any blast beats on it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's so, like, I love how he starts out with the humming, the and uh, just goes right into, like, the blast beats but he's doing the the clean vocals over the blast beats before he starts uh the death metal part now for it's, our listeners that aren't as well versed <laughs> terminology what's a blast beat the blast beat is what the drums were doing in that first uh part of the song where it's just just the the double kick drums uh the, the hi-hat and the snare just going as fast as it can it's the <laughs> yeah that was a very good impression of the drum solo yeah Everyone yeah clap. for sure <laughs> um but yeah the uh <clears throat> this song also has that weird organ solo uh about uh, oh, halfway I love through the weird organ solo there. because it's like we go from being at the yeah. death metal show to being at the skating rink yeah i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit this is one and, of my favorite parts of the entire album like part. this little 30 seconds <laughs> This is, hold on. oh my god, there we go. Uh, let me turn this up. <laughs> Tell me that's not the greatest thing you've ever heard. You can't. Right. You can't. That is amazing. This, uh, I love this part because it's like, if you like this, then boy, you're gonna like, you're gonna love the next four Opeth albums because they all sound exactly like this. And it's great because fun fact, this is the hold music that goes on in my brain when there's no thoughts <laughs> happening. This song, oh yeah, never mind, that's the next song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, I love that. Like the weird organ solo just really foreshadows uh, the direction the band takes from here on out. And again, one great guitar solos on this song. Uh, I feel like we haven't talked uh, enough about Michael Ockerfeld's voice. I don't think we have either. So his voice, and we'll hear in the next in the next song more. But like his clean vocals, part of the reason they did any death metal in the, to begin with is because his clean vocals are so smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he couldn't figure out how to like portray any type of aggression in his voice without doing death growls. Yeah. Which works out because his death growls are also very good. They are. They're so deep and guttural, but like, like there, there's like an effortlessness to them. Yeah. Like that just is his voice. He's not forcing anything. He just opens his mouth and that sound comes out. And this might be because I'm on like a hardcore, like Lord of the Rings kick just here lately, but it's interesting that his clean vocal reminds me of like an elven bard. Right. And then his like heavy, heavy metal growling vocals are like a fucking Balrog. And the fact that, like, the same person is making both of those noises is just very interesting to me as a person that likes to listen to interesting things. 
Right. It's funny that you bring that up because I actually, in my notes here, I reference uh, The Hobbit a little, <laughs> a little later on. Not on this song. No, but, but that, it comes up again coming. in this album. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, this whole thing, this is this is Hobbit metal. Like, this yeah, is, no, this is literally like, I'm going to start a playlist called Hobbit Metal, yeah. Metal for Hobbits. This is like... This, when you're when you're a D and D kid, but you but you still like mosh pits, like this is what you listen to. <laughs> that is such an assessment of everything I like in metal. Because I mean, when you talk about like Opeth and when you talk about Turius, all of my favorite stuff of theirs is the goofy yeah. play to pr- the prom and the shire right. shit. Opeth is su- has such an intersection of like goth fans, but also like like fedora tipping atheist type dudes <laughs> like they they are one of those bands that's like oh i'm i'm an intellectual i don't listen to cannibal corpse i listen to opeth <laughs> right it's funny because um there was someone that i matched with on tinder before you oh really that the, the pretty much exact line of um thought came yes. up uh, if you can really call it that and um, he was quizzing me about my metal knowledge, which is mm-hmm. always a good sign. Yeah, for sure. Right? And I was like, well, you know, I've listened to some Cannibal Corpse and I like it. And he was like, <laughs> 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 like full, like, bitchy 90s anime laugh. Yeah. And that's when we stopped talking. But he was like, I listen to real music. Yeah. I listen to Opeth. And I'm like, <laughs> great. Never listening to that band again. And right. yet here we are. Yeah, here we are. And so I always just because i'm so out of touch with like what the general public listens to i always assume no one's ever heard of any of the stuff i listen to (laughs) it's a safe bet it's a safe bet i mean and 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 every every time i don't make that bet you know i get a situation like at work with that guy who has never heard of cannibal corpse before in his life despite i I think you need to tell that story i think that requires some explanation (laughs) i there's this guy that i work with who uh uh, I was telling him about this death metal festival that we want to go to. And uh, he, he's one of these dudes that loves, he like actively likes like FM active rock radio. Which there is nothing wrong with it. We actively support. I mean, maybe not actively, but <laughs> empathetically. Yeah. Support. We empathetically support. So I was telling him about this, uh, this uh, lineup at this death metal festival. And he's like, Oh, there'd be any bands that I've heard of. And I was like, Oh, well the headliners are like, cannibal corpse and high on fire and dying fetus and napalm death he's like just blank stare he's never heard of any of these bands he's like oh they're gonna be any bands like like five finger death punch <laughs> like no oh no. god now i'm doing the 90s bitch anime laugh oh no <laughs> like, i have become the fedora <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> like, it's I I love your stories about this guy. We need to come up with like a nickname yeah. for him for the podcast because he seems like a Swedish person, and it's just y'all have the funniest interactions. <laughs> but anyway, we should probably move it along to the next. Yeah, song, huh? sure. Coming up next is "Far and Away," the most popular song on this album. It is the only one that is above like six million plays on Spotify with eleven point six million plays. Uh, This is the big single from this record, uh, Burden.
context of this album being about the birth of their second child and how his life has changed since then this is about postpartum depression ain't it yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) i do think like you know obviously birth parents go through postpartum depression very commonly like due to hormones and just huge life shifts but i have also seen the non-birth support parents like dads also kind of get into a little funk after the kids are born because it's like you suddenly you're responsible for this tiny, fragile being, and that's a lot. I imagine it makes it harder when you're in a touring band mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, a band that primarily tours outside of the country you live in. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they live in Sweden. Yeah. Right? Oh, gosh, I don't know if yeah. I mentioned I don't know if I mentioned that up top. This is a Swedish band. Good old-fashioned uh, Swedish death metal. Yeah. They are ironically, probably the first. Maybe not the first, but, like, definitely the blueprint of this type of of uh uh uh, progressive metal i actually in one of my uh articles i saved here i love this isn't from that time period but i did love this little quote that uh the person put here this is from uh invisibleoranges.com where it said uh for a while nobody sounded like opeth the swedish death metal slash prog hybrid dealt out long two-tone horror stories in a song form best described as uh Charosukuro? I don't know how to... I should have read this before. Uh, Anyway, there... Where was that? There was a quote in here. Here it is. Uh, And then there was nobody good that sounded like Opeth except for Opeth. Circa 2009, every D-list so-called progressive metal band in the world was tossing clean-sung acoustic passages into their songs with with utter disregard for, you know, songwriting. (laughs) Yeah, because I feel like here it really is well-placed, and especially this line in particular gets me um, because... We know the exact moment he's talking about, kind of. I saw a moment in, or a movement in their eyes. They said, I no longer knew the way. Given up the ghost, a passive mind, submit to fear. That moment yeah. when your kids look at you and realize that you are not the infallible, perfect human you kind of wish you could be for them. Right. Oof. Oof's in the chat, my guy. Yeah. Like, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm nobody's dad. I'm nobody's mom. Yeah. But, like. I, I can understand where that would be like this like just des and this track is for being so beautiful it is kind of a desolate wasteland oh yeah feeling vibe wise it's it's so bleak and uh, I love that in in my notes here my my notes for this album are uh, big single time baby goth girls going crazy for this one <laughs> <laughs> this is for all you goth girls yeah. out there that have given birth and have postpartum depression <laughs> I I do I uh, I do want to say. Before we move on from this one, this laughing part at the end. Oh, it's uh, so good. Let me cue it up. Uh, Yeah. 
So picture me uh, just about to fall asleep in the back seat of a minivan on my way to Florida to this really nice nearly eight minute acoustic ballad. And then I'm startled awake from this weird laughter, <laughs> this weird, like, edited laughter. It's <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne chuckling in your ear. Scared the absolute shit out of me. I'm actually so glad you went back and played that, too, because by the end of the song, um, it seems like he's playing some flat notes. It seems like his, he's getting mm-hmm. a little lazy yeah. with um, his chord finger placement. And I think that's intentional because it's supposed to be like he's losing it. Yeah. And as the song goes on, he starts dropping more notes here and there. Certain things are a little bit more off. And by the end of the song, it does become this really eerie right weird could be played like if, if i heard that in a haunted house and heard that laugh my soul would leave my body before <laughs> i could get to the front door oh yeah and i'm pretty sure let me pull it up real quick so people know what i'm talking about um i have nothing to back this up i am pretty sure that laugh part is a reference to sweetly the intro to sweetly by black sabbath yes uh, that's why i thought it was ozzy yeah uh <laughs> this part <laughs> without having heard this song do you know what i mean oh, i don't think yeah. you get this far in the metal industry without having listened to most of black sabbath's discography especially on an album like this that you can you can feel a little bit of sabbathy influence here hither and yon oh no for sure for sure uh there's i mean there's a lot of sabbath influence i really hope that one i need this album on vinyl i need master of reality by black sabbath on vinyl but i am excited because i do have their first album the self-titled one i do have paranoid i'm excited to do those because i feel like people don't know how fucking weird black sabbath is on their albums oh, i know how weird black <laughs> sabbath is my brother's black sabbath phase was crazy right. intense there like, was no way for me to get away from black sabbath oh yeah every chunk of my adolescence <laughs> everyone knows paranoid everyone knows war pigs and iron man but no one knows the weird like harmonica blues solos that are deep on those albums oh they're so good yeah <laughs> some of them are straight up like james taylor harmonica yeah. solos too it's oh, pretty yeah. wild uh yeah before we uh get into the next song i want to talk about uh we're about halfway through the album i want to talk about the actual vinyl that i have here Ooh, it's lovely because this isn't this isn't just an album review podcast we are also reviewing the vinyl so the specific version that i have here is a repress uh, from music on vinyl which represses a lot of like classic uh metal albums and stuff and they're always pretty high quality it's a standard like 180 gram black vinyl um it's a gatefold i love the like matte like oh, finish. Yeah. it feels so nice in your hands this like is, it feels expensive this is my favorite type of like record sleeve where it's the real thick cardboard very protective. It has a matte finish. Uh, it's not like glossy or anything like that. Um, the album artwork, which I was just looking at on Wikipedia. Give me just a second. It's the same guy that has done uh, Travis Smith. He has done all of Opeth's artwork un- uh, until after this album. Oh, so this is the <laughs> last piece he did. Yes. Yeah. So, literally, like, Opeth pre-Watershed and Opeth post-Watershed might as well be two different bands. Gotcha. Like, uh, 
I, I always, but I always loved this was one of my favorite album covers of theirs. I mean, I always loved the Opeth, the old Opeth style of album covers where it's just so like, it's simple, but it's like kind of hazy and like spooky. It's definitely got a dreamlike quality to it. Like it's very mm-hmm. monochrome. There's not, there's a yeah. little bit of color, but it's mostly kind of like washed out right. greens. It kind of reminds you of this very liminal space of being right. in an older person's home in a way yeah. and that kind of weird existential mm-hmm. dread that builds up from being in that environment so inside the album we've got uh, i thought this was going to be liner notes but it's not it's just kind of images yeah it seems to be more like promotional yeah this they shot for yeah the this album. this one's a poster this gotcha. one is so on one side you've got just a poster of the band Mm -hmm. and this is the photo that's on the back of the album cover yeah uh, which i was looking up is an amalgamation of all of the bands of of all the band members so they put like all the band members in that like facebook filter where it's like see what you're in your booze baby would look like and that's okay so the man on the back of opeth watershed is canonically the hybrid child of all the band members yeah. who and, may have just murdered someone. In a way, Opeth is just like Odd Future. and <laughs> <laughs> Controversial and yeah. brave. Wow. Um, I will say, uh, I, I love this pressing. Uh, minimal. There's not a lot of like surface noise or anything like that. It's a very, very clean... 180 gram 33 and a third you know all that nice stuff well so for like Um, people that don't listen to vinyl what is all that nice stuff so 180 gram is usually like that's that's a heavyweight vinyl uh you want your vinyl to be as heavy as possible because the heavier the vinyl is the deeper the grooves are which means they degrade less over time and uh the deeper the grooves are the better it like sounds and surface noise is Service noise is that thing that everyone says they love about vinyl, which the like staticky mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. which is uh, actually not supposed to be there. <laughs> for reference, look up the trailer for the movie Skinnamarink. It's yeah. that sound. Yeah. Yeah. Skinnamarink has a lot of surface noise on it. Um, but yeah. I do uh, want to say, like, before we move on mm-hmm. from the album, the album the cover and everything, album? I hate the album cover on spotify they they use uh they use the like special edition album cover which is basically oh like, yeah it's just it's just an envelope yeah it's just a shitty looking envelope and with it, their child as a stamp no that's that's the that's the picture that's the picture on the back of the album yeah no that the um, their cursed amalgamation oh 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 oh, oh yes child. i see what you're saying yeah I thought you meant like literally Michael Ockerfeld's child. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can see where you got confused. I yeah. hope that's not Michael. I like because if that is, then my dude, your wife gave birth to a thirty-three-year-old man. Yeah. You might want to call somebody. Right. Uh, yeah. I think we can move on now. Let's go to the other big single from this album, uh, "Porcelain Heart."
And we're back a little bit to the heavier Opeth, uh, but not in the vocals. No, it's very this romantic is, goth. Yeah. This is this is another song that I don't think has any uh, death metal vocals on it. Right? I, I don't think so. Um, I, 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 <laughs> no, yeah, because it's just, it's like the three or four chorus, like not choruses. It's yeah. almost a little more like stanzas in the poem. Like, I've noticed a lot about Opeth. They do not follow the typical, like, standard pop model of chorus, or not chorus, verse one, chorus, like, whatever. They kind of, it's, it really is looking more like at a piece of poetry. Yeah, I I have in my notes that this song ends, like, three times. (laughs) (laughs) But I I also have absolutely iconic opening riff, uh, and this is easily a top ten Opeth song for me. Definitely, definitely um that don't ever ask the reason why that yeah. is like stuck in my brain rent free forever yeah i i love the like i, I also yeah i love how sludgy that mm-hmm. riff is it's so like creeping and dark um and then it all just drops away and uh michael michael ockerfeld starts serenading you i love it because it really is it's almost like somebody like flung sludge onto like a beautiful flower and we're like hearing it drip off and then all that's left is this beautiful but damaged flower underneath Mm -hmm, and this mm -hmm. is what i mean when i said it was like romantic goth ass shit oh yeah (laughs) i mean like romantic goth is probably the best like description of opeth's aesthetic especially like their older albums like I mean, if you see the cover of Orchid, like yeah, this is honestly, I, I keep we keep bringing up Villavallo and um him, but like this is the music that Villavallo thinks he was making right. that he was not making. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Vill was a uh, a little too a little too concerned with like his sex appeal. Yeah, to, that's to true. To make something like this, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we can move right along. So after this point on the album you start to see a little bit of a dip in the plays of the songs so we will move on to the next track uh this is hessian peel
So this song is very long. I'm going to skip ahead to a random point in it. Wait, you don't want to do the five minute intro? Yeah, right. <laughs> Ooh, I skipped ahead to a good part. <laughs> I really did. This is one of my favorite parts of the song. cap it there i don't feel like uh finding any other any, any other spots in the song to skip to because i skipped to like five minutes in for uh for the record this is the longest track on the album coming in at 11 and a half minutes um which honestly for this style of music is like a pretty reasonable length yeah, it's for pretty a song. abbreviated you know five uh, minute intro like i know yeah. that sounded like a joke but i don't think it's a joke. yeah no i do love that style of riff that we just heard that's like my favorite part of this genre of music yes that like just really heavy building up to a crescendo and then it's just got that like tinkly guitar in yeah. the background and it's it's giving edgar Allan poe right. playing as a bard in a D campaign that's for some reason about like hair metal yeah <laughs> this this is the one that uh I said once it gets started, it sounds like the theme song to The Hobbit. It really does. <laughs> this is the type of music you listen to when you're like uh, chilling in the Shire, smoking that long ass pipe. This is <laughs> um, Guillermo del Toro's vision yeah. for the Hobbit movies that we all deserved. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserved that, and we didn't get it. I also love uh, how like I, I'm not sure how well it's going to come through on the recording, but I love the really low ominous bass that starts the song and with that like soft guitar over it it sets just a really interesting mood um so this song is not about michael's kids at all this song and the next song hex omega uh are about michael ockerfeld's ex who committed suicide uh he reflects on that suicide or how that suicide might affect her kid who is the same age as michael's like oldest kid um Oh, yeah, there's a transition about halfway through. Let's see if I can find that part. I should have put timestamps in this. Uh, let me see. That is... Yeah, this part. Mm-hmm. 
This is what I mean when I say their songs end like multiple times within the song. But Oh, that transition is so good. But yeah, oh, there's also um some backwards lyrics on this song. Yeah. That uh I looked up I, I wanted to be thorough. I wanted to know what the backwards lyrics were. And they were, they say, uh, on the courtyard, come back tonight. My sweet Satan, I see you. That is really interesting because um, that is actually listed on the Spotify lyrics page. Oh, cool. Um, it's in quotations. And on the Spotify lyrics page, it's actually even slightly more out of order. I see you, my sweet Satan, come back tonight out of the courtyard. That's funny. So it's her inviting Satan. That's funny. Uh, I didn't even think to like just look at the lyrics. I found the translation by finding a uh, a thread on ultimatemetal.com forums. <laughs> from, yes. From 2008. God bless <laughs> the metalheads. Like, nobody does research like metalheads, y'all. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, it looks like this has no meaning behind it, really. Uh, he was just having fun making the demos. It's not an important part to him, nor is it a joke. It's just something he does randomly. If it's in, the vibe. In the I studio. I would say if it's the vibe. When what? you're talking about like locking your children away from safety yeah. and locking away all your reasons why you're living. Um, I think I think some backwards lyrics about Satan apply. Right, right. You know? Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. I do love I love looking at these threads. Next time next time we record, I want to try to find more like forum posts and like songmeanings.com things. Yes. For these uh because I do love uh this part in the thread where someone says if this is a sign of Opeth's next a- that Opeth's next album is going to be about a frost and grim forest where the legion of hell meets up to take over heaven I'm out. <laughs> and that sounds like an incredible record. Where's that record? Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's it's so funny uh knowing where Opeth ended up after this. <laughs> they just Dude. went further into the Shire folks. Spoiler alert. Yeah, alarm. oh yeah. Yeah, I I I I wonder how uh um I wonder how old Street Lethal is doing these days. If if he uh, if he likes the way Opeth turned out, it would be kind of funny to do a section of the show where we like reached out to some of these people, yeah. <laughs> just to see. Yeah, try to figure out, start tracking down some IP addresses, try to fi- <laughs> figure out who Street Lethal is. <laughs> Maybe not that far, but you yeah. know, that's that's absolutely the name of his Reddit account too. Yeah, you know, if he's that kind of internet guy, you know, he's on Reddit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we only got two songs left on this thing. Uh, the only thirty more minutes of music. Yeah. The next song is Hex Omega.
enough noodling this this is to me at least like musically this is kind of where the album starts to get a little tedious just a little bit um in my notes i had actually uh written down nine inch nails vibes yeah which is interesting that this is one of your least favorite songs on the album yeah i don't know it's just kind of so it is uh obviously a direct continuation of haitian peel Mm -hmm. um lyrically it is like they're even uh, in that interview I was reading, like they are kind of grouped together as one song. And so I do kind of think that Hex Omega and Haitian Peel were originally supposed to be one song. And maybe Roadrunner told them, like, no, you can't have an 18 and a half minute song on this album. I mean, why not, though? I know. Roadrunner, it's, it's what okay. do you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And it's like, re- it's reflected in the plays uh, of the album, too. Like, uh, Haitian Peel has uh, 2.2 million plays, and this one has 1. 1.6. Yeah. So, like, this is where people tend to kind of drop off the album, which is fine. I mean, there's, the, it's the last two songs. Yeah. This is kind of where the album um, almost starts lulling me to sleep. Yeah. And not in an unpleasant way. It's like, I just get, like, very chilled out by the end of the album. Like, mm-hmm. if this album was inedible, you know? Yeah. It, it starts really hitting around oh, here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's... um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where like it's no Peth song. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, this sure, that there's no Peth. This is kind of the first song on this album that I feel like doesn't like stick out in their discography in any like meaningful way. It's just kind of there. It's like almost a filler song. Yeah, it's very much it. It shows that it's the last seven minutes of another song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only the only other note I have is a uh, cool keyboard part. Yeah, you know, we're always here for, like, the ballpark keyboards. Yeah. That's very fun. <coughs> always down for some Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. Chase music. Oh, yeah. Let's, last up. La- last song, uh, Derelict Hands.
That's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, other than Coil, uh, the intro. This is the shortest song on the album, like by a pretty wide margin, honestly. Uh, and it's it's fine. I think it's a very very weird album for a final or very weird song for the final I, track i agree it's very melancholy i would have kind of placed this more towards the middle and maybe yeah. finished off with um hessian and hex but like i do get the placement because this is such a heavy song about dealing with the anxiety of knowing right. that there's a world full of horrible shit happening and you're sitting at home comfortable in your air-conditioned and heated house <laughs> on your plush bed like right. living most people it like dream and it, there's like a sense of guilt of being okay in a world that is so not okay. And I get right. it, but I've also, I know, I, I know, know, dude, like I get it. I do. But like, it's a weird, I agree. It's a weird closer. It, it, it's, I mean, it's a weird song in general. The, the intro, like the opening riff just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, and it's like, there's not much of a like discernible melody to it, which is, uh, 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 unusual it for feels, Opeth. It feels more like slam poetry than it does yeah. metal. And that, I'm not saying that like necessarily yeah. is a bad thing. You got the random harps thrown in there. Okay, I do I do love me some like random crystalline, yeah. like tinkly harps. I'm into right. it. I'm here for that. Um, I do like, you know, that like just dread of somebody died. Not here. Never here. Nothing bad happens here. Right? Right. Yeah, you know, and it dies. <laughs> bad things happen everywhere. <laughs> breaking news yeah it's a weird song it's a fine song it's another one it's like hex omega whereas like i never like i never remember anything about this song you know i, I like i i feel like i don't usually get this far when i listen to this album um yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like it as a closer. It also ends very abruptly. Yeah, it, doesn't it does. Ha- it doesn't have any type of, like, falling action, no, like, outro or anything. It's just... Uh, it's just done. Yeah. And that's what's interesting, because we're not going to talk about the bonus, because we're not doing the deluxe no, version of this no. album. But I do think that was a wise decision if they yeah. were going to re-release to um, get a chance to redo that ending. And I think they just uh, stick it a little better. I mean, to be fair... The bonus tracks are both covers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first fair. one is... Hold on. Uh, none? Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, that's interesting. The album... I didn't even realize this. The album does end at Hex Omega. Oh, it does? Yeah, Derelict oh. Hands is technically a bonus track. Oh, I, that makes a lot more sense now. Okay, yeah, no, I think Hex Omega actually is a good closer. Yeah, Hex Omega is a great closer because um, it kind of functions as a lullaby, which is what how I would personally end an right. album that was about like being a parent or like having children. But I mean, that's just me. That might be the obvious choice, but I'm actually yeah, I'm kind of happier with that. Yeah, I also thought Derelict Hands was weird. I also think it's an it's kind of a weird title. Right. Yeah, I'll. I'm actually, I, I don't know how I didn't, like, come across this when I was doing, like, research. I wonder how this is technically a bonus track with the other two bonus tracks, but it didn't, it's, like, sti- it's still on, it's on my uh, vinyl. Right. Yeah. This is the album that the, or this is the song that the vinyl close out with, closes out with. Huh. And the, uh, as far as I know, this is the standard, like, this is the standard edition vinyl. Very interesting. Yeah. We have a mystery yeah. on our what hands. Ma- what makes this a bonus track, honestly? 
but yeah, the other two, the there's Bridge of Size, which is a Robin Trower cover, which I gotta get my dad to listen to. My dad loves Robin Trower. Yeah, and I think he would uh, like that cover. Well, yeah, I honestly I think he would like a lot of the softer Opeth stuff in yeah, general. Yeah, I think overall your dad would like this album. So yeah, uh, and, John, uh, if you're listening, you have homework. <laughs> and I'm not even I'm not even gonna try to say the other song it's it's some swedish nonsense <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just some swedish nonsense yeah. it's nonsense language yeah. no we don't actually hey, no hate I mean, to the swedes hey it's got more plays on spotify than the bridge of size cover <laughs> and both of them have more plays than derelict hands okay, going back a little i guess how do we want to do we want to talk about because we're reviewing the album yeah so like as far as the album goes derelict hands is the closer but in our right. hearts yes hex omega is the yes closer. hex omega counts as the closing track derelict hands is a bonus i guess which kind of does affect um i like i feel like that affects the overall like ranking of the album having hex omega be the closer mm-hmm. instead of derelict hands but the version we're reviewing has derelict hands or this entire time i've been calling it derelict hands it's derelict herds herds yes oh <laughs> wow uh, yeah okay so uh it's fine. that it's makes th- a little bit more sense <laughs> it's fine it's the first episode no it's one's fine. ever gonna hear this yeah, no. no one's listening to this right now you don't exist yeah. if you're listening to this right now congratulations yeah uh- <laughs> good on you for making it this far yeah, i guess <laughs> I guess, well, let's do some, like, closing thoughts yeah. about the album as a whole. For me, um, I like it. It's it's kind of like a fantasy romp, um, but it's, le- like, at moments it is very Hobbit, but at moments it is also very Witcher. It's very yeah. bleak, It's especially as we get towards the end of the album. And he's kind of, I guess, Derelict Herds kind of works as a closer when we were talking about, he's talking about his own experiences, and then he's talking about this other person who, unfortunately, uh, ended their life and what that did to their children and then it's like that lying awake at 2 a.m feeling of oh my god there are children suffering in the world everywhere right now ah yeah uh i have always loved this album uh it's been this is like even though this isn't the first album from opeth that i listened to i always credit this as the one that got me into opeth it's the one where they like really clicked with me when i was like uh 15 or six actually yeah 15 um uh it's it, it, it kind of sparked my love or like oh this is like a combination of death metal but with these like really beautiful clean slung passages that don't come off as like cheesy yeah yeah because this would be an easy album to cheese up you know like if they had brought in i think if there had been any actual lute or harpsichord on any of these tracks like you would kind of start to lose it a little bit it's a little bit too on the nose it's a very melodramatic album that does not feel like like there's no point where i just where i want to roll my eyes at yeah it. it's um it's very much it's giving wednesday as a character <laughs> not audrey plaza's creepy friend on parks and rec as oh adopt, yeah you orin. Know what I mean? yeah it's yeah. very morticia adams not orin yeah <laughs> or orin orin uh only listens to the smiths after he found out that uh the dude that uh the dude's canceled <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, uh, 
What are we gonna do? Do you, do you want to just do like an out of ten? Yeah, I was gonna say let's now? just give it like I for me it's it's a seven out of ten. Yeah. You know it loses me in a couple places, mm-hmm. but overall it's pretty solid. I've really enjoyed listening to it, and the more I've listened to it, the more I've enjoyed it. I would put it closer to like an eight, only because uh, I've been listening to this album since it came out. It's one of my favorite records. Um, it's not my favorite Opeth album. I think. I don't know. I'd probably put like Blackwater Park, even though that's such a boring answer. Uh, we'll do that album eventually, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I do have that. Is it time for the shuffle? Uh, yes. Let's. Do we want to do plugs first, or do we, or do we want to do shuffle first? Let's do plugs first. Let's do plugs first. Yeah. So follow the podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at mbfrcpod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Frequency Shifts uh, with an S. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me on uh, Twitter as Amanda Moonchild. You can also find that profile as my professional hair Instagram. Or if you just want to follow my wackadoo adventures, my Instagram is Spicy Pisces Crises. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get the shuffle going. Our next album is Firstborn by Idea and Abilities. I have no idea what those words that just came out of your mouth were, so I'm excited. Let's uh, go. Yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be a complete shift. It is the uh, first full-length album from the rapper-producer duo Idea and Abilities. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to do this one. Oh, wait. I do know who Idea yeah. is. Oh, oh no, no. I'm yeah. sad. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to probably cry next time, so yeah, stick around for tune it. Tune in for that. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Bye.